right out of Joshua in chapter number 10. There are several miracles that are referred to in the scriptures in connection with the sun. That's the S-U-N, of course. Uh, I think right off the bat, you think about Matthew 27, verse 45, when Jesus was there at the cross of Calvary and uh, the sun was darkened at the crucifixion, of course, and there was a Roman astronomer by the name of Flagian. He was an eyewitness there. He said the day was so turned into night that the stars appeared. So uh, we see where the S-O-N uh, touched the S-U-N. Of course, in the, New, in the Old Testament, you read about where the sun was darkened there in uh, the book of Exodus in chapter number 10. Actually, for three days, uh, you read about when the shadow of the sundial had turned back in Hezekiah's day. Uh, you can read about that in Isaiah chapter 38. And then yet to come in the book of Revelation chapter number 6, the Bible talks about when the sun shall be uh, black as sackcloth. I'm glad I'm going to be out of town uh, when all that's going on. But then we have this miracle, I guess miracle of all miracles as far as involving the sun in Joshua chapter number 10 and verse number 12. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that day before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Now, I want to jump right on in. Obviously, we preached the last time we were together about the beginning verses of this chapter where these five kings get together and they come against uh, the Gibeonites because Joshua had made that vow that he would protect the Gibeonites. Uh, although they had deceived uh, him, he made that vow that he would protect them, put them to work, uh, serving down at the house of God. And so here these enemies come up against them and I want to look, first of all, uh, there was a conflict that had took place before this miracle. Now, people wonder how in the world is this day extended like it was. Uh, and we use the term sunrise and sunset, although we understand by science that the sun is actually standing still for the most part. If you will study a little bit, uh, they do say, and whoever they are, but they say that sometimes the sun does move somewhat. But we use those terms sunrise or sunset, and I begin to look at this, and it could be the slowing down of the earth's rotation. It could be some type of the earth tilting or uh, coming off its axis somehow. Uh, but what we do believe is we believe it was a supernatural event uh, that God had performed, and we don't try to diminish it. We don't try to take away from it. We don't try to lower it. We just take it as it is in face value uh, that the sun stood still just like the Bible said that it did. And so uh, Joshua had this desire to keep the daylight around uh, because he was beating the daylights out of the enemy but he knew that the sun was going down and to keep the sun from setting and he not having enough time before the darkness got him again for the second night in a row, he prayed this prayer. But there was a conflict that took place before he ever prayed this prayer. Verse number nine said, Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. So they marched through 
all of the night, the whole night they're marching and they surprised the enemies of the Gibeonites and they had fought and they pursued them. And if you look at this area geographically, it's a very mountainous area. And so here is Joshua and the people of God, they are fighting all night and they're going up the, they're going up the mountain and going down in the valley and they're pursuing the enemy all night long. And then the next day come and Joshua, uh, his day continues in battle. I mean, they have fought all night and then daybreak comes and then throughout the day, they're fighting again. And, and I said that to say this, it has been a long night in Joshua's life. It has been a long night in the people of God's life because they've been battling the enemy. And no doubt they're tired and they're weary. And I, I said that to say this, when you're tired and you're weary in a time of darkness, it seems like that's when you're at your most vulnerable time in your life. You get tired, you get weary, you get weak. There's a reason. Uh, that the adversary in Matthew in chapter number four, there's a reason that the adversary came to the Lord Jesus Christ as he's out in the wilderness. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and the adversary goes out there uh, to tempt him during that time when he's tired and he's weak and not to see if he was the son of God, but God allowed that to happen to prove that he was the son of God. But my point is, you know if he will attack the son of God, if the enemy will attack the very son of God, manifest in the flesh when he's tired and he's weak and he's weary. You better mark it down. He will attack you and I, especially after a long night, especially after a dark night. And there's going to be some darkness uh, in this area that we live in as a Christian. There's going to be some dark times. There's going to be some weary times. There's going to be some sad reports. There's going to be some funeral home visits and some hospital visits and some sad phone calls on the way to heaven. I wish it were not so, but that's just the way that it is. But it seems like now everywhere we look, there is spiritual darkness and moral darkness and ungodliness is applauding. And it seems like on every side, sin is prevailing and violence and selfishness and greed is dominating our society. And it's just one bad thing after another, one bad report after another. We're hearing about wars and rumors of wars and trying to figure out who the Antichrist is and all that kind of stuff. And there's battles that we're facing against the world, the flesh, and the devil and where it seems like that we're just surrounded by darkness and we're surrounded by sorrow and we're surrounded by heartaches and disappointment and affliction. Psalm 77 verse 2 said, In the day of my trouble I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. Now, I, I don't know what it is about darkness and I don't know what it is about the dark night but it seems like that when a sickness intensifies, it will do it in the nighttime. A lot of times when you get a report from the doctor, the doctor will say, I think they'll be okay if they can just make it through the night. For some reason, that darkness is prevalent. When a child gets sick, it seems like that they're more sick at night. It seems like that things are worse at night. It seems like things are at their worst when it is dark. And what happens is when it gets dark, it's very easy to lose your perspective. Now you think about this, they've been fighting all night and they've been going down into valleys where the light's not good to begin with. Now, maybe sometime on the mountaintop, maybe the moonlight uh, shined a little bit about them. I don't believe that it did if you just look when this happened, but maybe it did. But when you're down in the valley, there's just not a lot of light, but they're pursuing the enemy. They're going after the enemy and they're weak and they're tired and they're weary. I tell you, you better watch making decisions in the dark times. 
You better be very, very careful when you're tired, when you're weary, when you're worn out spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, when you're worn to a frazzle and you've been fighting the enemy, you need to be very, very careful. We need to be very, very careful uh, when you're facing that time because you'll make some of the worst decisions that you will ever make during the night season. I've seen people just get out of church because nighttime comes. I've seen people get bitter at God or get aggravated or, or even bitter at a, a family member uh, because it was a dark time, because they were discouraged, because they were down. We need to understand that these night seasons will not last forever. Hey, thank God there is joy that will come in the morning. And the dark times are not going to happen forever and they're not going to take place forever. Thank God there is a brighter day coming one of these days. Hallelujah. When we're going to get out of this darkened world and get out of this, I mean, I'm talking about oppressive, demonic uh, situation that we're in right now. I mean, Brother Shane was talking about how bad the world is, is and it's not going to get any better. I believe we can have revival. I know I can have a personal revival. And if everybody in here has personal revival, then we can have a church revival. And I believe God can still move and God can still bless and God can still help. You know, the Bible talks about there in the Psalm of Degrees, and I believe it is Psalm 134, where it talks about blessing the Lord in the night season. Uh, ye that serve the Lord by night, standing in the house of God, somebody's got to serve in the nighttime. Somebody has got to make it through the night. And so that's the conflict that they were facing. That's the conflict that took place leading up to this great prayer that Joshua prayed. But I want to look nextly, look next and look at Joshua's confidence in prayer. Now they had battled for a second day and they have not had any sleep whatsoever. And some people can operate with sleep, uh, without sleep. Some people think they can operate without sleep, but we need sleep. Amen. We do need uh, some sleep. If When I taught Sunday school over there with the young men, if they didn't get anything out of it, anything out of it, they got it. And I mean, listen, they remind their parents about it often that a teenager needs about 10 hours of sleep on a regular basis. And they didn't get anything out of it, but they got that. But we all need rest. We all need a time where we come apart before we come apart. Now it's early in the afternoon and Joshua had the enemy on the run. And he don't think there's enough time to get finished before the darkness would fall. And, uh, you know, people would look at this and he, I mean, listen, he, he's under pressure. It's a dark time in his life. And here's Joshua and here's what he said. Uh, then Joshua spake to the Lord in the day uh, when the Lord delivered up the Amorites. And here he said, son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. Now, people will look at this as they say, well, now listen now. The preacher has lost his mind. I know that Joshua's had a tough time and I know it was difficult to come in behind Moses and I know that it's a dark time in the life of Joshua's life, but he has absolutely lost his mind. Uh, the leader of this pack now is actually one brick shy of a load because he has done something that we as children have been told to never do. Don't ever look in the sun. And y'all know this as children. Your mama said, don't look in the sun. Don't look in the sun. It'll blind you. It'll blind you. And what do we do? If you tell us not to do something as a child, you tell some people not to do it as an adult. But if you tell us not to do it as a child, we'll lay there and we'll, and we'll peek at it. We'll say, don't look at the sun. And you know, and then you test and see if you can still see or not. He looks directly into the sun, number one. That's something that probably you shouldn't do on a normal basis. And, and, and I'm going to say something about this. I thought about this. The hardest thing that Joshua did was not the fact that he prayed that God would let the sun stand still or that the sun would stand still. The most difficult he, thing he did is to speak to the sun. 
in front of everybody. The whole congregation is there. The whole congregation is gathered together. Preacher, what are we going to do next? Mr. Joshua, what are we going to do next? Mr. Great Leader, what are we going to do next? And he looks away and says, son, stand now still. Now, y'all be honest with me, and y'all know this is true. Uh, you know, we, we say, well, Brother Randy, you know, we got to operate by faith. I know that. I understand that. Uh, and I know this. But there'll be some people, and probably already, you know, they probably question my decision-making probably sometime, and you probably will uh, question it again. Uh, but if I went outside, now y'all think about this, if I went outside right now, we got that big old hill right outside the building now, right up behind where the parks are. If I walked outside, let me think about, think about this. If y'all went outside tonight and y'all were leaving and I was out there and I walked up to that hill and I said, hill, you get out of here. Hill, you move. They'd say, well, pressure finally got him. I've been praying for him. I knew it's hard to come in behind Brother Sammy, somebody like that. And I'll tell you, the pressure, he finally got him. I mean, he has finally lost his mind. But you know, that's exactly what Jesus told them to do in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark in chapter number 11, here's what Jesus told them to do. In Mark 11, verse 22, the Bible said, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he has uh, said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, forgive if you have all against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you forgive not, neither, your, uh, neither will your Father, uh, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. Now hear what Joshua did. Joshua looked at the Son. God had to put that in his heart uh, to look at the Son and request. He not only looks in the Son, which normally you're not supposed to do, but then he talks directly to uh, the Son. Now if that happened... If I went out there, y'all be whispering, y'all be saying, I don't know what's the matter with him. He really does need some. He ain't, I, I know he hadn't taken a vacation like we paid for him to take it. And the preacher's crazy. I mean, listen, they'd say, you know, if Roberto was here, he'd move looking like a besa. He's lost his mind. Yeah, but you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, you go and talk to the mountain. That's what he said. Now, we're hung up on the prayer, and thank God for the prayer. If you pray, the mountain will be moved. Step number one, you've got to go talk to something that's not going to talk back to you. You've got to talk to something that's unmovable. I'm telling you, honey, when he looked at the sun, and he said, sun, stand still, you can't get no bigger than that. And you can't get no more called on the carpet than that. And he says that in front of everybody. He says it in front of everyone. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, speak to the mountain. And just like in Joshua's case, He's speaking to the son. The reason he's speaking to the son is because he knows that God is listening. He knows God is watching. He knows his motive. His motive is not to brag and to boast. What a great Joshua he is. His motive is not to brag and boast. What a great military leader he is. His motive is he is tired of fighting. He's tired of the darkness and the troops are wore out. The soldiers are weary and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting and he knows God, you've got to help us. And he speaks to the Son and praise God, God answers. Amen. 
I'm just telling you, it t- I think it took a whole lot more faith to pray it in front of everybody and say it in front of everybody than it did actually exercise faith. The only thing on, uh, that that's going to limit prayer is the will of God. If our prayers are in, within the circle of God's will, is it God's will for us to defeat the enemies of this world? Yes, I know we do it through God. But I understand also that we have a part in this. We, hey, because we have victory doesn't mean you just lay down your weapon. It doesn't mean you just lay down your sword. It doesn't mean you just quit reading your Bible and everything will be all right and we're all going to happy hunting ground one day. No, I mean, listen, you have got to fight the good fight of faith. You've got to put on the whole armor of God. We've got a part in this. And I'm telling you, Joshua said, God, I said, Lord, let the sun stand still. And the sun stood still. I'm telling you, it was God's will to defeat the enemy. Joshua had already given the Gibeonites his word, we will protect you, we will shield you, we'll watch over you, we will guard you. God's word was at stake and God's integrity and character was at stake. I promise you, if you pray, if you're praying, and I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna be careful right here when I do say this, but if you pray to make God look good, now, now, y'all understand what I mean? I'm, not, I'm talking about to the world. I'm talking about to onlookers. I'm talking about people who don't know God. If you'll pray for God's glory, and if you'll pray for God to be magnified, and if you'll pray for the enemy to, to be taken care of, I'm telling you, if your motive's right, and you're praying for God's glory, and you're praying for God to move, and he be glorified out of it, God will answer your prayer. Buddy, I believe, I believe as sure as I'm telling you, you say, well, you've lost your mind. Well, maybe I have, but I'm telling you, I'm just crazy enough to believe God when he said, call unto me, I will answer thee and show thee great mighty things, which thou knowest not. I'm telling you, that's not just a verse in the Bible that some prophet quotes. I'm telling you, we have the same access to God as Joshua does. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. I'm telling you, Joshua was able to look back. He said, you know what, God, you came through in the Jordan. God, you came through in Jericho. God, you just sent the hailstone. I'm telling you what the most amazing thing to me is not one of the Israelites got killed by the hailstones. They was pursuing the enemy. They were following the enemy. They went after them. And I, know, I don't know how close they got. And I'm not saying that they was, they was just locked up collar and elbow. I'm not saying they were doing a duck under go behind putting them in the corner and putting them in a sleeper hole. I don't know how close they were. But I do know they was chasing them. And I do know they was coming after them. And not one of them got hit by the hailstones. But every one of the enemies of the Gibeonites got hit by the hailstones. Joshua said, I done seen you do it with a hailstone. I done seen you do it with a Jordan. I done seen you do it with a Jericho. Why can't I trust you now? Hey, man, listen, don't come to me and tell me you don't think God can take care of you. If God can save, can God save you forever? Yes. Can God get you to heaven? Yes. Well, let's not, let's not doubt in one minute that he can't take care of us right now in this world. And I'm telling you, if, if we needed it, if, if the sun needed to stand still, and God would get glory out of it, and the enemies would be subdued by it, I still believe God could do it today. You say, well, you're crazy. Probably, probably. But I'm telling you, I believe the Bible. Amen. I'm just telling you. God did it. And we just, you know, Joshua, what this did, I believe this. 
this, this it's, a, it's a building block. See, when you first got saved, you're just glad you're saved. And then a trial came up or something happened in your life. Now you look back on that now and say, oh man alive, I can't believe I stressed out about that. I can't believe I stressed out about where am I gonna get, where am I gonna get my clothes from? I can't believe I was so stressed out about that. That man, I'm going to have to give up this or I'm going to have to give up that. I, I can't believe I was so stressed out about things that are so simple and so little. The reason being is because God is building your faith. When you first get started, he puts that little trial and you get past it and then he'll put, there'll be another one that he'll just providentially count it all joy. Hey man, go back and let it. That providentially he'll put in your path. What it is, say stepping stone. It's not a stone stumbling block. It is a stepping stone. And I'm telling you, God did a work in Joshua's life when he was young. When he got started and followed the man of God, God blessed him and God helped him and gradually brought him to a place where he could say, son, stand still. I'm telling you, thank God, if you've been saved by the grace of God, look back in your life. He took care of what you thought was a little thing. And then he took care of a big thing. And now another bigger thing. And then a bigger thing. I'm telling you, God, there ain't no reason to doubt him now. He'll make a way somehow. I don't know how he does it and I don't know when he's going to do it but I'm telling you he'll be in time he'll be right on time to get you through your trial against the dark night facing the enemy amen I'm just telling you it gave him boldness having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest not arrogance not haughty but with confidence I'm telling you I, listen he, he looked to the S-U-N. You and I can look to the S-O-N. And I'm telling you, you say what you want to. God can still move. They, there's nothing too big for Jesus to do. I mean nothing. Nothing. The Bible said in Hebrews eleven six, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And I know, listen, faith honors God and God honors faith. I'm telling you, if you'll just have a, a little, God said if you'll have a faith of a mustard seed. I tell you, think about that. A little faith will save you. Praise God, great faith will put the God of heaven active in your life all the time. Not with just a little thing. Praise God, I'm talking about the big things. I mean, listen, you say, well, I need this, I need that. Have you prayed about it? Have you got God involved in it? I'm telling you, if he can save you and keep you forever, God, God raised you from the dead. When you got saved, you got raised from the dead. Just like if somebody got out of the grave next door to us, come out of that grave. God raised you and I from a spiritual graveyard. I'm talking about quickened us, and in one moment of time, we're here on this earth, and right after that, right after we're saved, our soul is in heaven. Hey, listen, we're in Christ, and Christ in us. That is a miracle. And he's going to keep us forever and ever and ever and ever. I mean, listen, bring it on. Bring the problem you got and put it at the feet of Jesus. Bring the issue you got and put it at the feet of God. Look back what he did. Look back what he did. Those things that came in our life, your life, my life, they were building blocks. They were stepping stones. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. That means that with faith, it is possible to please God. Amen. I'm just telling you. You say, well, I wouldn't have never done that. Joshua cried in the sight of all Israel. Man, you say, I wouldn't have never, I wouldn't have never done that. 
I tell you what, call on God publicly. Pray publicly and say, God, now I'm not talking about, <laughs> I'm not talking about, you know, getting up and praying and say, uh, you know, well, Lord, you know that our air conditioner just went out and our 10 kids are burning up. And Lord, you know that not only is the air conditioner gone, but Lord, you know that we ain't paid our power bill in four months. And Lord, you know that the water spigot's busted. And Lord, you know that the washing machine's gone and the dryer's tore up and we're standing in ankle, ankle deep water. God, you know all about that. And Lord, I want you to be, well, everybody in here, I'm gonna be touched. You know, I'm gonna feel bad for you. <laughs> I'm gonna feel upset. I'm saying, like, man, we, we gotta help them. We need to help them. We will help you. I'm not talking about that. I'm not belittling that. What I am saying is, and I'll be careful when I say this, put God to the test. We say, well, I believe God can do it. I believe God can really, really come through. I believe God can answer this prayer. We'll make it public. I'm praying that God just get it out there. You know what you're going to do? And, I, and, I, and listen now, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, I, I want to be careful of what I say. It's one thing when you ask God something in private, and if he don't do it, they don't nobody know it but you. And you say, well, it just wasn't God's will. It just wasn't the Lord's will. But I'm telling you, when God put it on his heart like he did, no doubt, with Joshua, when God put it so heavy on Joshua's heart, God, the people are tired and they're weary and it's dark, gonna get dark, and the enemy, God, your name's not gonna be glorified. If the enemy triumphs, your name's at stake. If you'll do that like he did, and God puts it on your heart to do it, if you'll pray, God will do it. God will do it. Now listen, all right, and I knew it'd probably get quiet right here. Amen. God said, I'll I, I tell you what, go ahead and put me on the spot. Put God to the test. If you know it's God in your heart and you know God's put it on your heart, why don't you make it public? Why don't, I'll tell you this, why don't you tell a few people? Y'all, we got mamas and dads in, dads in here. You've prayed for tires. You've got your children involved in it and, and God did it. You've got your children involved in it and God did it. And it may not have been because you were some great something or another. It's because your children are watching you. And God is not, listen, God's not gonna be a debtor to anybody. Get somebody involved in it. If God's put it on your heart, tell it. Not to try to beg, not to try to drop a hint. I'm talking about if God's put it in your heart, get it out there. If God's put it on you, tell it. I tell you what you'll do. You'll, man alive. Now listen, y'all gonna think, y'all gonna think I, I'm, telling this, I'm telling this for God's glory. And this ain't the only one. I hope you got some of these too. I want, I, 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 I'm not saying this for, for any boasting or bragging. I'm just saying I believe there's folk here that God's been putting things on your heart that you need to make public, that you need to tell people and watch God do it because God's name's gonna be at stake. You hide it. You say, well, I'm praying to God. Well, you keep it private. They don't nobody know about it. But when you tell it and God's put it on your heart and God's burdened your heart about it, watch God move. Now this come in my mind when I was preparing this message and I wanna say this and I'm saying this tonight for God's glory. I've got a neighbor and I'm, I'm not gonna tell you who he is. First time I ever met the guy, his dog had got out and he lives way away and it, and it, was, a, it was a Jack Russell. 
And one of my daddy hadn't kept it, but it was a Jack Russell that come up in the yard. Well, he came. He come up in the yard. Daddy, you know who I'm talking about. He come up in the yard, and he said, uh, he said I'm hunting for a dog, and, and we had seen it. And I was like, man, I hope ain't don't nobody come get this thing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It wasn't them Jack Russells. You know what? I knew it was an expensive dog, and I knew it was somebody's dog. So I was glad. I was glad somebody showed up. Well, he showed up. And I said, well, before you leave, this before I was pastor or anything, I said, before you leave, I, do you go to church anywhere? I've seen his countenance change. He just cut me off. No. Took the dog left. Well, he happens to have cattle. And so he got in a bind. So he called me one time and he said, uh, is there any way I can use your, is there any way I can use uh, something? I can't remember what it was. I said, well, sure you can. And so we talked about this, that, and the other. And I said, look, I said, I'm going to talk to you about this one time, and I hope y'all don't find fault with this. I hope y'all understand what I'm saying. I said, look, I'm going to talk to you about this one time. I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore unless you won't talk to me about it. And I asked him, I said, have you ever been saved? And he kind of hem-hauled around. I said, do you know how to be saved? I gave him the gospel best I could. I said, now listen, I'm not going to talk to you about it anymore. If you want to talk to me about it, I'll be glad to talk with you about it. So I prayed about it. Well, he befriended me, and we became friends. Well, he came over one, he came over one day. He wanted to use my scales. I'm talking about my cattle scales, not the one I weigh myself on, which they probably could, could be interchangeable. So he comes over there, and those load bars had wires that's plugged into it that had never been unplugged, never been unplugged. So we're there, and we can't get the scales to work. And he's over there, and I mean, I, it's hot. We're over there, and, 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 I, and we're trying to pull this cord. I'll stand before God what I'm telling y'all tonight. It was the load bar in the back of the platform, and it had one of, them old, one of these plugs like this right here in it. And we pulled, and we tugged, and this thing right here, you know, it's got that, look at there how easy that is. It's got that little thing on it, whatever you call it, you know, that thing. It's got that on it, and so we was reaching in there, pulling, tugging, pull, 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 sweat running down my face. He's getting aggravated, and the Holy Ghost of God says, stop and pray to get that cord loose. And I thought exactly what you thought right then. My, my, my. God, this man is going to think I'm an idiot. He already knows where I go to church. There ain't no telling what all he does think. This man is going to think I'm crazy. This man's going to think I lost my mind. And I'm telling you, believe it or not, I'll stand before God as God is my witness. And the Holy Spirit of God said, I said, pray that you get that wire unhooked, that he gets the wire unhooked. Pray the wire comes loose. And I said, I said, uh, I almost called his name. I said, you're not going to believe this, and you're probably going to think I'm crazy. I said, but the Holy Spirit of God impressed my heart to pray right now. He just kind of looked at me crazy. I said, I'm going to pray. And I got to praying. And I mean, I'm talking about I prayed. And I, said, and I, I prayed, and I said, God, you, and I prayed. And I prayed for a few minutes. As God is my witness, as God is my witness, I didn't do it. He did it. As God is my witness, after I prayed, he reached in there and grabbed the cord. As God is my witness, he reached in up in there. You couldn't even see it. Grabbed the cord and pulled it out. So I don't believe that. Well, I'm just telling you. 
I'm just telling you, it don't happen like that all the time, but it happened like that that time. Why is that? That man's my friend today. I'm telling you, that man is a friend of mine. That man has confidence in me, not because of me. I'm just telling you, God let him see firsthand, and it wasn't because of some great Randy boy. It was because God loves that man, and God is wanting to show that man he's real. Buddy, I'm telling you, when God puts it on your heart to pray like that in public, if God's put it on your heart to pray down where you work at, if God's put it on your heart so steady that you can't breathe and you know it's the Holy Ghost of God, you say, God, I'm telling you, Lord, I'm minding you and I'm trying my best to do what you would have me to do. I'm telling you, if you pray and then don't nobody move, if the boss don't get saved, whatever happens, you've done the will of God. You don't know who's watching. You don't know who's paying attention and you don't know whose heart that is going to touch. Hey, I'm telling you, there's some people there in the nation of Israel, they were weak, they were weary, they had battled, they had struggled, and Joshua said, son, stand still. If you do it for God's glory, call me crazy. I believe God will do it. Amen? If you're doing it for God's honor and God, that you're not consuming upon your lust, I'm telling you, Joshua did that. And what he does is he put an impossible issue out there for everyone to see. Do you think when they left, they said, boy, I tell you what, old Joshua was a prayer warrior, ain't he? Lest I be misunderstood, there's been times where I prayed and I didn't get no higher than the ceiling. And there's been times when I've prayed where I knew the Holy Ghost of God had impressed me to pray about something. And I hope, I hope, if you've been saying, I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not talking about something funny and I'm not talking about something mystical. But I am talking about God answering prayer. And Elijah was a man of like passions as we are and he prayed. Joshua was made out of the same flesh that you and I are and he didn't, he wasn't even, this is debatable with somebody. I know he had not received the earnest of the Spirit. He was not indwelt all the time 24-7 by the Holy Spirit of God like you are at least that's what most people believe. Anyway, Joshua couldn't do it. It was a total impossibility. That is the whole point. That's the whole point. It wasn't Joshua's prayer. It was who Joshua was praying to. Look at the Creator's power, and I'm done. The Bible said, And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. It's the creator's power that did it. Man's always tried to invent some explanation, some natural way. And I'm telling you, to the visible eye, to the visual eye, the sun stood still because we don't see the earth moving. We know the earth moves around very fast, spins and rotates about a thousand miles an hour. I mean, and we understand if science, any science at all, understands how that, you know, orbits around the sun. You think about all that and all the science and stuff like that, and God is not anti-science. The scriptures and science correlate. They line up with one another. But I'm telling you, there's some things that are not scientifically possible from a natural eye. It's not possible that the Red Sea would fall back and they would cross on dry ground, but they did. And it was not possible for the river Jordan to part ways and for them to cross over on dry ground and get to the other side, but they did. Well, I'm gonna say something, y'all. If he could do it then, why can't he do it now? And the question, the, the answer is he can. 
He can do it now. He is the same God with the same power. And I'm telling you, God can do great and mighty things. He had already done mighty things in Joshua's life. He had already done things mighty in the Israelite life, but he wanted to do it again. And he wanted to do it bigger and better. The, I guess one of the most greater miracles is the whole universe, when this happened, did not fly all to pieces and discombobulate. You know why it didn't? Colossians 1 and verse 15, who is the image of God? Who is the image of the invisible God? Verse 16, for by him, talking about Christ, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, visible and invisible. Verse 17, and he is before all things, by him all things consist. That means he holds it all together. Job 11 verse 7, canst, canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty under perfection? Is it, a high, is it as high in heaven? What canst thou do? Uh, Psalm 135 verse 5, For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that he did in heaven, in earth, in the seas, and all the deep places. He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasuries. We don't know how exactly. And really, you don't, know, you don't need to know how. If you're saved by the grace of God, you may not know the how, but you know the who. And that should be enough. Should be enough. All we know is it happened because a man prayed because God impressed his heart to do so, make it public in front of everybody. And God answered it and God did it. I thought about the preacher many times as I was preparing this and thinking about this, the many times that we heard Brother Allen and y'all were just, if you think he's boasting, you're just wrong. He was not boasting and bragging. If you think he was, then you're just wrong. All right? He wasn't. He was telling those things to try to encourage you and I to pray like he did. Maybe not the time, maybe not the, the amount of time that the preacher put in, but he wanted you and I to know that God still answers prayer, and he's a prayer answering God. And I thought about that time where he had told Bobby Thomas that uh, about the 12 units that they needed at the camp, the 12 units, and then he called Bobby Thomas, so I believe I'm telling this right, called Bobby Thomas and said, hey, we only want eight, we only need eight, and they had ordered 12, and told Bobby Thomas and said, well, I'm sorry, we've already ordered, and they're already on the truck. When they got here, there was eight on them. There was eight units on the truck. Coincidence? I trial not. No. No. Here's the good thing about it. You don't have to be a Joshua. You don't have to be a Daniel. You don't have to be a Brother Sammy Allen. You don't have to be a praying Hyde. You don't have to be a David Brainerd. All you got to do is be saved and trust God. Not, it's not deep. I'm telling you, if God's, put, if God's put you in a place where you're under pressure right now, what he's trying to do is he's trying to do something in your life if you'll allow him. Get somebody else involved. You, you may not come up and tell everybody in the whole wide world what's going on in your life, but get some folk involved and God will move and God will bless you and God will, I'm convinced of that tonight. Now, I'm going to deal with this and I'll be done. This really doesn't have anything to do with the message per se, but I do want to deal with this because 
I, I'm not going to avoid it like most of the commentators do. All right? It's like you study the book of Acts, and when they get right there, when they're talking about being baptized in Jesus' name, they go to three or four verses down. I'm like, wait a minute. You skip it like all the other preachers do. I want to. But here, here's what he said. He said, is this not written in the book of Jasher? Right, what that is, this reference here in Joshua 10, 2 Samuel 1, and 2 Timothy chapter number 3. There are several books that are talked about in the Bible that are not in the Bible. This book of Jasher is one of them. They're not part of the 39 books of the Old Testament. I preached Sunday about Paul, about men from Mars, those guys on Mars Hill. Paul quoted, if I'm not mistaken, two great poets. He quoted them verbatim. And we know that they were not inspired. But Paul quoted them because it was applicable to the sermon he was preaching and the message he was trying to get across. And God did put that in the Word of God and preserve it for you and I to read. These books, the book of Jaser, uh, there's actually a couple of versions calling themselves the book of Jaser, but they're, they're only about 500, they're less than 500 years old, so we know that they weren't back then. Here's why I'm dealing with this. For the most part, the book of Jaser is a history book that notes great leaders and great victories and battles that would be familiar to the people of Israel and would be passed from generation to generation. That doesn't mean that it is an inspired book that needs to be in our Bible. We have the King James Bible. That's the Bible for the English-speaking people. And the 66 books that we have are the 66 books that God wanted to preserve. And God has not only inspired but preserved for the English-speaking people. If God wanted us to have the book of Jasher, we would have it. If God wanted us to have the book of Samuel the seer, we would have it. If God wanted us to have the book of some other prophet, or you'll hear it today, the book of Enoch. Every one of them, that's the way they say the book of Enoch. I'm like, it's Enoch. But uh, if God wanted us to have these in our Bible, we'd have them. I didn't want to avoid that tonight because you'd be wondering what that is. But the bottom line of the message tonight, if it's in the book of Jasher, I don't know about all that. But I do know this. It's in our King James Bible in Joshua chapter number 10. And all you need to do is have a relationship with God and trust God that he's still God. Listen now. He said a little, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you want to do something for God's glory, you want to do something for God to be magnified and exalted amongst the heathen, I'm telling you, put him to the test. Watch it. He said, try me. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven. He did that with giving. I'm telling you what, you give God glory, you get him involved, ain't no telling what the Lord will do in your life. Let's everybody stand. Well, Joe, if you can get some kind of song, would be good.